Hi, and welcome to the August 26th edition of the Astro Energy Astrology Podcast with me, Shelly Overton, your astrologer in Orlando, Florida. I want to welcome you and say, hey, we're going to go over what's coming up for the week. It's a pretty big week and uh, mostly ingresses, but, you know, there are aspects too. And I'm going to go over a chart that I posted on Instagram and kind of discuss that a little bit further because I promised Instagram I would. So let's get going. Here I have a chart that is a sunrise chart, basically. It is sun on the first in the program, and that puts sun at three degrees of uh, Virgo, four minutes, and that is the rising sign. So when I talk about sunrise charts in my, um, my podcast, this is what I mean. And I'm going to honestly give you a real quick breakdown of what's going on. Sometimes people don't really understand the real world uh, integration of a chart. So I want to kind of go over that a little bit real quick. I apologize in advance if you if this is like old school for you, but um, those who are new don't really understand it always. And um, it's a very interesting um, integration. What I mean by that is we look at a chart in astrology and it looks very overwhelming and daunting. And then you look at the sky and you see the sun come up and go down every day. You see the moon and it comes up and goes down, you know, throughout the month. But we don't recognize that that is what we're looking at in a chart. Where the sun is in the sky, it goes around, well, in our from our perspective, it goes around the earth. We actually go around the sun so when we see the sun come up, it's the earth spinning, not the sun moving through the sky. So I know that seems really rudimentary, but you know sometimes we lose sight because we are just so enmeshed in our day-to-day worlds. We don't really understand the true cycling of the planets. And so I wanted to kind of bring that into this. Around the earth is the zodiac belt, which were con- our constellations, and that divides the sky up into roughly 12 parts, which in a 360 degree circle divided by 12 equals 12 equal parts. Each one of those is 30 degrees. So 12 times 30 is 360 degrees. So when we look at the sky around the earth, we see different parts of the zodiac according to astrology. In Western astrology, we divide the sky up based on the seasons. In Eastern or Indian or Vedic astrology, it's all the same. Um, We divide the sky up and look at the planets in the position they are accurately because they move over time. So they have shifted. That's why if you're one sign in Western, you're a different sign in Vedic a lot of the time. So in Western astrology, which is what I practice, um, we divide it up by the season. So it is a set area of the sky that the planets are in. The planets are out there whether we notice them or not. We notice the moon because it's relatively obvious. Other planets we notice as stars in the sky. Venus looks like a star. Mars looks like a star. Jupiter looks like a star. And they are out there in the sky so far that they reflect light back, which makes them look like a star. So they are out there, and when we see them in the sky, especially if you say see Mars up in the sky near the moon, you know the moon and Mars are fairly close together in a chart. So it is obvious to some people, but again, in our day-to-day lives, we don't always recognize that 
these cycles are going on in our natural world. And that's translated to this piece of paper or this flat chart that I have here. So um, anyway, that's kind of a basic of what I'm looking at. So when you see degrees and you see the different glyphs for a sign, there are 30 degrees in this chart. The way I read, usually it's an equal house system, 30 degrees in each. It just makes it easier to understand and quick, you know, like looking at a chart quickly. I just prefer it. You can do many different systems. There are dozens, and that's just one that I choose. I choose porphyry because I find it to be the most accurate through research. Um, but others can be accurate too. It's just more timing is what I'm looking for. So here in the sunrise chart, we're in Virgo season. You can see, um, and I'm looking over at my, my computer screen, which is why I'm looking this way. I have a very big screen TV about five feet away from my face. But there's the sun at three degrees Virgo. Mercury is at 21 retrograde now as he went retrograde this week. Pallas Athena is also at 21 degrees, which means Pallas Athena is an asteroid that rules how I deem like your perfect partner or the goddess of love as idealized. So a goddess as opposed to just a love interest, which could be Venus. Um, Pallas Athena, I find in charts uh, many recently, I've been looking at that when she transits or where she is in your birth chart shows us how you idealize a person or a love partner. And when you meet someone with a strong Pallas Athena to your planets, that can really indicate a deeper soulmate bond for you. So she's at Mercury's same degree, 21 Virgo, which can mean that we are really thinking a lot about that perfect love and what we're attracting into perfect love. Um, are we going over that in our minds? Is it something that we see in our environment? And in this case, perfect love kind of looks like a teacher, looks like a healer, and uh, looks like someone who cares a great deal about us and maybe more sensitive and potentially critical. Virgo energy um, can bring that, but also strong analysis, really good parenting. And uh, Mercury is the ruler of Virgo. Retrograde means that now he pulls energy back and he may act more like Pisces energy, more sympathetic, more um, engaging, or actually a bit even more distractive which is a time when we have things going on that we may not expect. Um, I personally had the battery in my car die yesterday and spent an hour at 7-Eleven waiting for a jump, but I did get a new battery. And so it was an unexpected expense as well. And so that kind of thing can happen because cars, transportation, education, medical events, and technology are all under the Mercury banner. And so we can see that also uh, because Mercury is conjunct Pallas Athena and honestly went crisscross over it. Um, well, maybe not. It, it actually probably went retrograde right in a conjunction. I haven't done the chart for the for the retrograde of Mercury, but they are so close that within minutes of each other, my guess is it because it retrograded yesterday. No, it retrograded Wednesday. So my guess is, yeah, uh, Mercury transited over Pallas Athena. That just means that Mercury awakened the storyline with your perfect love interest or the goddess or the twin flame. Any of these are idealized or even perfected love. And then Mercury going retrograde means that now we have to really think about 
what that means for our lives, how we integrate it. And um, again, Mercury retrograde is all the other things I listed as well. But it is a reassessing of our thought processes, of how we look at things, how we idealize things or integrate things mentally. Um, especially in Virgo, it can be a real strong analysis energy and not as much emotional. The energy of emotion right now, well, always usually is moon and Venus. So the moon just went into Capricorn this morning around 9.30, no, 9.05. So it's been half an hour. And so now we have this very grounded earthy moon, which means much more practical, much more ambitious, uh, security minded, looking to career, looking at structure, decluttering and organizing and systematizing and labeling is a real strong energy with this moon for the next two and a half days. Also, the moon is in trine position to the sun in the next 24 hours, which means really strong cooperation in earth energy. It is very practical. There are no planets at early uh, Taurus. And so we've got this really strong earth energy coming in over the weekend. So we're going to get things done. We're going to be really practical about things, analyze things, um, really be much more pragmatic in how we approach our emotions. And that means running emotions through logic, running emotions through practicality. And it may mean that we're not as given to flights of fancy or daydreaming. We're much more geared towards the practical side. Obviously, I've beaten that horse to death. So uh, Mars does change signs Sunday. 9.20 a.m. Mars goes into Libra, and that's Eastern time. And so it is 6.20 Pacific and 2.20 Greenwich Mean Time. And the transfer means today is probably a more heightened, this is Saturday, it is more heightened day for assertiveness, aggression, things that revolve around Virgo energy. And because Mercury retrograded, which means Mars is answering to Virgo until tomorrow morning, um, we are maybe a little bit more irritable more likely to show the expression of anger and short temper. We are um, frustrated probably. And then we've got an opposition to Neptune with Mars currently at 26 and 29. So there is an idealized view of something that actions are not supporting right now. It may mean that Mars is the archetype of the male energy and Neptune is kind of an idealized feminine somewhat like Pallas Athena and we are having a storyline of that idealized view of men and women relations or the feminine particularly so we are seeing this um, frustration with an opposition and that the polarity going on between Neptune and Mars right now but I think it will resolve to a great extent in the morning when Mars moves into Libra because it is about balance. It's about marriage. It's about partnership, relationship. Um, it is an air sign. So our mental capacity is more around the cooperation of relationships. But at the same time, it can mean that we are needing grounding through a third person because the air energy is more electrical energy. It's neurons and synapses. And so we ground through earthy energy and um, 
that may mean that we need a third person as that grounding energy for what's going on. Mars in Libra is a more positive action taken towards a partner. Uh, it is beauty and fashion. I mean, I repeat this all the time when I give the list of attributes, but fashion, beauty, aesthetics, um, decorating, it is relationships and partnerships and cooperation. It can be uh, books and writing and uh, libraries, bookstores, things like that. So we're about the ideas, but as it relates to a partner, so we really are looking for someone to balance off of when we have Mars and Libra. And then let's see, we've also got a very big energy coming in on Monday as Uranus moves retrograde at 10.39 p.m. Eastern. And so 7.39 p.m. Pacific, and it'll be the next day on Tuesday in England and parts with similar time zones. Uranus retrograding, um, it can be, it is a pulling back of our mental capacity. Um, we are having to review in another way what our ideas are. Uranus is eccentric. It's large thinking. I had this whole discussion yesterday with my son about the term quantum. He is a scientist. So quantum means going to the smallest minute uh, route within science, but but in metaphysical circles, it's much more taking a leap, like quantum leap, taking a leap to something that isn't in our literal linear thinking. So it's outside of the norm. And that's kind of two different terminologies, but that's the energy of Aquarius. It is quantum. It is expansive mindset and um, eccentric things, things that surprise us because they come in from different um, realms. They are not in what we are used to. So the things that appear during Uranus retrograde are uh, things that can happen like oil spills, threat of nuclear force because Uranus rules nuclear uh, energy. Uranus is uranium. It's radiation, it's poison, it's chemicals. Um, things that we may see are poisoning. You know, it's kind of a covert way to take an enemy out. And that's something that is under Uranus. And Uranus retrograde may mean that that comes out or that is being used or utilized. So uh, we, we have a lot of these different energies coming in that are much more scientific, electrical, quantum, large reaching. Uh, they affect communities. They affect electricity on a large scale grid. It can affect weather on a large scale. So we're talking, you know, communes, we're talking governments to an extent, the community of government or the, by the people for the people energy. So all of that is the theme that we're going to be experiencing for the duration of Uranus retrograde, which lasts through the beginning of next year. I think it even goes into February of 2024. So if you haven't gotten your land legs from Mars going into a new sign and Uranus retrograding, a strong air energy coming up this week. So it is about ideas. It is about community. It is about how we interact with more than just one person. It is, it is 
us. It's not just me, it's us. Then Wednesday, we have uh, the energy, uh, well, I shouldn't skip this. Monday and Tuesday will be Aquarian moon. So that just reinforces this energy. Uranus rules Aquarius and moon is in Aquarius while Uranus goes retrograde just before at 10.32 a.m. And Uranus retrogrades at 10.39 p.m. And so the ruler of where the moon answers to when it's in Aquarius changes direction during the time it's there, which is going to be significant. So it is an upheaval in home and family. Um, it can be a necessity to rely on family or a cutting off from family. The moon in Aquarius is a detachment from the family energy and the mother energy. While Uranus retrograde can mean you have to or are forced to go back to connect to the mother or family for um, sustaining, sustaining purposes. And then Wednesday, we have a full moon at seven degrees Pisces. The moon joins up with Saturn at 3.33 p.m. Eastern. And then it is a full moon at nine, I should put my glasses on, 9.36 p.m. So there is a lot of energy around Virgo and Pisces axis and dynamic polarity. And that is, of course, health. And I would say that's probably a very strong um, aspect for a kickoff of the fall flu season of a reoccurrence of COVID and health issues coming in on Wednesday of this coming week. I would just up my uh, intake of vitamin C and elderberry and ginger root, anything that's uh, honey, honey is good for your um, immune system. So definitely beef up your immune system around the 30th. And the full moon in Pisces is a very deeply emotional, sensitive, creative energy. It is about taking action for being in the energy of spirit. And really, I would say meditation and sleep are probably the two primary things you're going to want to do on Wednesday. It is also weather that relates to water and water energy. It could be flooding um, with the combination of Uranus retrograding and an, a full moon opposition to the sun in Pisces. Weather events this week are going to be strong and significant. I have not looked at the weather here in Florida, but obviously there's been a hurricane on the West Coast. It would not surprise me if there's one over in this area. And it's just inclement weather with a lot of rain and tornadic activity and lightning. Finally, we've got the moon in Pisces on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And uh, then the moon enters Aries at 9.25 a.m. on Friday, which is new beginnings, fresh starts. Um, the ruler of Mars is in Libra. And the ruler, yeah, the ruler of Mars in is in Libra. So that means it answers to uh, Venus. And Venus is in Leo. So she's also retrograde through the 3rd of September, which, by the way, is a week from this Sunday. And so... Um, uh, Venus goes direct a week from Sunday, which means this coming week, we're going to start to clear up some of the discord 
around relationships, love, and money. I know money has definitely been an issue in my life during the Venus retrograde because she is my Venus, my Venus in Leo. But um, yeah, we've also got in the coming week, I think a more cooperative energy around marriage and the potential of marriage. So more cooperative energy around Venus and the potential of marriage as she gets closer to going direct in Leo. Leo is a connector. They want to join up. They want to have lunch and go over the romantic side of the relationship. They are relators. So um, in the positive, higher vibrating spiritual side of Leo, they're extremely generous, friendly, and cooperative and connected. So with this energy coming in, um, the difficulty signs probably this week are going to be Leo and Taurus, especially with the moon in Capricorn over the weekend because Leo is quincunx and well, Taurus is trine, but um, Taurus and let's just face it, the trines can be difficult emotionally. So it may mean saying goodbye to someone. It is the wrapping up of a physical storyline around something in the material world, whether it's a person or an object. Um, Aries energy is going to be challenged with Chiron and Aries right now. And then, uh, the South node in Libra and the North node in Aries and Mars entering to Libra because that's the opposite of Aries. And that means that Mars now is imploring Aries to understand an opposite point of view. Okay. So I'm going to go over this chart that I uh, posted on Instagram and it's got a lot of ovals in different colors. And the point I was making on Instagram is that we've got all these energies in late degrees. So going around the circle, starting with the 12th house, we have black moon Lilith at 25 Leo. We have Mars at 28 Virgo. We have south node in Libra at 26 degrees. We've got Pluto at 28 Capricorn, Neptune at 26 Pisces, and North Node at 26 Aries. So there's a lot, a lot of energy in around 26 degrees, 28 degrees of a sign. That means that it is the ending of a cycle. It is wrapping up of a storyline and honestly can be a higher concentration of what that energy is. So going around... Black Moon Lilith and Leo, she's very staunchly in her feminine power. She gets attention for being strong, a strong feminine sexual energy. And so we will see that archetype in society, in the news potentially. We've got Mars at 28 Virgo. Again, like I said, for today, it's going to be really increasing the intensity of thought of cooperation or um, hospitality of giving and healing and potentially accidents. It's not something I like to talk about, but um, there is a potential for that. And then uh, as it goes into Libra, it will release some of that energy. So there is, as the planets get into the next sign, right at the moment of changing sign, there's a release of that tension. And especially because it's opposite late degree late degree Neptune, there is that emotional release and a mental release of stress. I'm very much feeling the stress of this Virgo Mars, I will tell you. Uh, the nodes of fate, late Libra, it is a storyline about me versus we. It's going to be going on for a year and a half. So it's probably 
most concentrated right now to show us what the theme will be for the next year and a half. And that is definitely about the newness of energy and the cooperation in the marriage or partnership or relationship that we have started. And where is that going? Where is it heading? And how can we cooperate and balance the me in the we? Um, the late degree Pluto in Capricorn, the structure of things, again, squaring the nodes of fate. So it is about a change of structure and it can relate to relationship. It can relate to your identity. It can relate to marriage and partnership. And are you doing what you want in your career? Are you loving what you are doing? And are you ready for a new beginning? So it's also that energy. It can be multiple things. Organizing your life in a better way to better cooperate with your sense of self and that of a partner as well. And then, um, yeah, and then how these planets and, and points in the sky interact. The notes of fate are always opposite. So they're always going to be a polarity of balance between two different signs. So that's the Aries Libra energy. The polarity between Virgo and Pisces with Neptune and Mars, but then also the cooperation between Pluto and Neptune in creating a structure that is emotionally satisfying. And then Black Moon Lilith uh, in negative aspect in quincunx to Pluto is meaning that maybe our feminine sexual energy is not getting expressed to the way we would like to see it happen. So maybe we'll have to wait till she goes into Virgo to really truly express a deeper seated um, sense of sexuality that she has there. Uh, and then we have a quincunx between Mars and the south node of fate and also the north node of fate. And that is our actions, how our actions are maybe not helping us in what we need to really truly understand and the, the destiny we have. The actions are not, um, like what we're doing is we're running our desire to take action through our mental, um, the cogs in our brain basically, which means that we're really stressed mentally. So all of these energies kind of work together and um, it's kind of like a big soup of energy right now. But that's what I wanted to go over. And you can see this, follow me on Instagram. I'm on Astro Energy or at Astro Energy at Angelic Zodiac. And that's all for the week. So I hope you have um, battened down the hatches and really uh, buckle up as Betty Davis says, it's going to be a bumpy night. And yes, it will be for this week. Lots of unexpected energy, um, releasing of energy and tension and maybe words that are a little harsh and things that are said in the moment. But um, yeah, ground in. And I think I, I said this every week, just breathe and meditate, do some yoga. Um, yeah, CBD oil, I don't know, I don't do CBD, gummies. All right, that's all for the week. You have a great one. And let me know how it's going for you in the comments below. Trying to be better about responding to the comments. And please do like, comment, share, and subscribe. And we'll see you next week. Bye. That um, we need to... Uh, uh. Hi, this is Shelly. Thank you for joining us this week. To contact me for a private reading, go to angeliczodiac.com under the readings tab.
To purchase my ebook, Learn Astrology, you can find it at angeliczodiac.com. Background music was provided by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com. Be sure to check back next week and subscribe through iTunes at Astro Energy Astrology Show. Thank you.